Shalom to all. Today's office Psachem Dafnun. We are starting three lines from the top, the fourth to last word on the line. The fourth parak, which we're going to be starting today, is sponsored by Belaz News. Hashem should grant them much hatzlacha and the continued ability to spread Tyra throughout the world. Now, the Mishnah had spoken about Yerushalayim, and the Gemara starts off with a drasha from Zechariah Navi that will eventually tell us something about Yerushalayim. The Pasuk says, and it will be on that day, referring to the war of Gai Gumagag at the end of times. There will not be light, Yakaris, and Kipain. Now, what does that mean? My Yakaris, Vikipain. I'm Rabbi Lazar. He says, This is talking about the light of the sun, which is Yakar. It's valued. It's important in this world. But It's Kafoi, meaning it's not important. Literally, the word Kafoi over here means floating. In the world to come, the light of the sun is not really that important. Rabbi Yechon Amr, he says, This is talking about Masechlis Nagayim and Allahs. They are very difficult. They're very heavy in this world. However, they're not so important. They're not so difficult to understand in the world to come. Rabbi Yishuv and Levi Amar, he says, This is talking about people, that they're very important in this world. They're very wealthy. They're in positions of importance. However, they're not so important in the world to come. This is just like the story of Rabbi Yishuv, the son of Rabbi Yishuv and Levi. He got sick. And his spirit left him, Rashi says, which means he slipped into unconsciousness. When he came to, his father asked him, What did you see in the next world? He said, I saw an upside-down world. The people that we think are important are really in lower positions in the world to come, and the people that we think are very lowly and they're not so chashev in the world to come, they're held in very high regard. Amr Leir Bishimbalevi told him, Bini, my son, Ilam Isa, you saw a very clear world. However, Bishimbalevi continued asking him, Vanan Hechi Hasam, what about us, the Tamid Chachamim? How are we viewed in the next world? So Rav Yosef responded, Ki Hechi de Isu, Anan Hacha, Hachi Isin and Hasam, the same way that we're treated over here, so too we're treated over there, meaning the same way we're held in high regard over here, so too in the world to come. He continued saying, Shamati, and I heard Shahayu Amrim, they were saying, Ashri Mi Shabalakan, praiseworthy is one that comes here with Tamud Biyade, and he has his learning in his hand, meaning he's Chazard his learning and he knows it. Vishamati Shahayu Amrim, and I heard that they were saying, those that were killed by the government, there isn't anyone that's able to stand in their partitions, meaning they're held in such high regard, they're in a very chashiv place. Who are these people that we're referring to? Meaning they were killed by the government for teaching Torah and learning Torah. Is the only reason why they're in such an elevated position because they were killed by the government? We know that these were the Sadiqi the Kadesh Elyon. These were incredibly holy people. It wasn't just because they were killed by the government. Al the Gemara says, we're talking about the people of Lud that were killed. And they're held in very high regard. This is talking about a story where the Roman emperor's daughter was found murdered. The Jews were threatened with complete decimation if they didn't find who murdered her. Two brothers from Lud admitted to the crime and saved everyone else. So it's about them. The Gemara was referring to that they're in a very special place in Shemaim and no one could come into their Mechitza. We continue dashing the Pesukim from Zechariah. By Yemahu on that day, yeah, Al Metzilas Hasos, it will be on the Metzilas of the horse, Kaidash Lashem. Now, my Metzilas Hasos, what does that mean, the Metzilas of the horse? He says, Hashem is going to end up expanding Yerushalayim and adding on to the borders of Yerushalayim up until the place where a horse can run and he makes shade. Now what does that mean? The word Metzilis is from the word sail, shade. This is referring to when the shade of the sun is directly underneath the horse, which is midday, meaning Hashem is going to expand Yerushalayim this distance a horse can run from morning until midday. Whereas Rabbi Lazar Amr, he says, of All the bells are hung in front of the horse's eyes. They're going to be Kaddish for Hashem. They're going to be donated to the base of Mekdash. Rabbi Yechon Amr, he says, Kol Biza Shabbai Zin Yisrael, all the spoils of war that the Bnei Yisrael are going to take from the war of Gagumagag, 
up until the hour of the day that the horse runs and he creates the shade underneath him, meaning up until midday, that's going to be donated to the base of Mikdash. Now the Gemara says, according to the Manda Amar, we're talking about the spoils of war that are going to be donated to the base of Mikdash. That's why the continuation of this Pasuk is, and the pots of the base of Mikdash will be just like the bowls in front of the Mizbeach, meaning even the pots and pans that are used to bake and cook all the different things in the base of Mikdash are going to be made out of gold and silver, just like the bowls that are used to hold the blood for Zrika on the Mizbeach, meaning so much is going to be donated, everything is going to be made out of gold and silver. But what about the first two Manda Amrim? Why does the Pasuk continue talking about the pots that are going to be in the base of Mikdash? So the Gemara answers, The second part of the Pasuk is talking about something else. The Misatri Yisrael, Misnadvi Umaisi, that the Bnei Yisrael are going to become wealthy for whatever reason, and then they're going to bring a lot of donations to the base of Mikdash, so the base of Mikdash is going to have a lot of money. Now, according to the Manda Amr, that we're talking about spoils of war, that's why the next Pasuk says, that there will not be a merchant in the base of Hashem Tzavakas, meaning the base of Mikdash, meaning the base of Mikdash is not going to have to hire anyone to do business for them in order to try to replenish their coffers. But according to the first two Manda Amrim, what does it mean there's not going to be a merchant? The base of Mikdash is still going to be in the need of funds. Amr Biyami here responds, Ain kan ani. What does it mean, Kenani? It means no one's going to be poor. And now the Gemara asks, How do we know that the word Kenani actually means a merchant and it doesn't mean a Kenani, meaning someone from Kenan? The Pasuk says, And Yehuda saw the daughter of a Kenani, and the Pasuk tells us that he married her. Now, my Kenani, what does a Kenani mean in that Pasuk? If you want to say it's actually referring to someone from Kenan, is it possible that Avram Vinu came and he warned Yitzchak not to marry someone from Kenan? Yitzchak Avinu came and he warned Yaakov not to marry anyone from Kenan. And Yehuda's going to go and marry someone from Canaan? It can't be. It means she was the daughter of a merchant. It says in the Pasuk, a merchant. He has scales of deceit in his hand. Alternatively, from the following Pasuk, its businessmen are princes. Her merchants are the respected people of the land. So the word Kenani can actually mean a merchant and doesn't have to be referring to an actual person coming from Canaan. I will continue darshaning from Zechariah. And Hashem will be the king over the land. On that day, Hashem will be one and his name will be one. The Gemara asks, Today Hashem is not one, only on that day he'll be one. This world is not like the next world. This world, on good tidings a person says, Blessed is the one that's good and who does good. On bad tidings a person says, Blessed is the true judge. However, in the world to come, everything is the Pasuk says, and his name will be one. My Echad, what does that mean? It will be one. Today, Hashem's name is not one. This world is not like the next world. Hashem's name is written, however, it's read, meaning we read it as, even though it's written, in the world to come, everything's going to be one. What does that mean? It's written, and it's going to be read just like that. And Savar Ravel, Ravel wanted to dash in the name Yudke Vavke in a shir. He wanted to teach everyone how to say it and what it means. Armelea Husab, there's an elderly gentleman that told him, La'alim Ksiv. It says in the Pasuk, La'alim, which means to conceal. And we're going to dash on this Pasuk in a minute, but the Pasuk says, Zeshmi La'alim, this is my name forever. However, the word La'alim does not have a Vav, so it's read La'alim to conceal, meaning Hashem's name has to be concealed. We're not allowed to teach the Shem HaMafarish of Hashem. And now the Gemara says, Ravina Rami Ksiv, Ravina has to steer in one Pasuk. It says, Zeshmi La'alam, this is my name. 
meaning that it should be concealed, but this is my remembrance forever and ever, implying that a person should say the name of Hashem. What does that mean? Should the name of Hashem be concealed or not? So Amar Kosh Baruch Hu, Hashem says, The way that I'm written is not the way that I'm pronounced. I'm written, So we read Hashem's name differently than the way it's written. Mazda for finishing the third parak of Psachim, we should be Zaycha to finish all of Psachim together, and of course, we should be Zaycha to finish all of Shas together. And the Mishnah says, A place, an area, locale, where they have the minute to do Malacha on Erev Pesach, Abitel Chatzais, Aisin, so then they're allowed to do Malacha. A place that has the minute not to do Malacha, ain't Aisin, they are not allowed to do Malacha, even up until Chatzais. Now, after Chatzais, work is usher for everyone, but some areas have the minute not to do Malacha even before Chatzais, lest they forget to do Bir Chamet, bring their carbon Pesach, or make Matzah. Now, a person that goes from a place where they have a minute to do malacha, and then he went to a place that they had a minute not to do malacha, or vice versa. We place upon him the stringencies of the place where he came from and where he's going to, meaning he's not allowed to do malacha on Erev Pesach, no matter where he is or where he's coming from. And no, no, based on the top, as a person should not deviate, he should not change because he doesn't want to cause machlekes. Similarly, if a person is bringing Shmita fruit from a place where they're finished. There's no more of this fruit to a place where they haven't finished. Or from a place where they haven't finished yet to a place where they have Chayv Levar, he has to get rid of those fruits. Now, fruit that grew on Shmita is mutter to eat as long as this fruit is readily available for the animals out in the fields. The Pasuk says, And we learn from there that as long as it's available for the animals in the field, you too may eat it. But the moment the season hits, if this fruit is not available for the animals in the field, then there's a Chayv of beer. One has to remove all this type of fruit from his house. So the mission is saying that if he's coming from a place where this fruit is not available anymore, but he went to a place where it is available, nonetheless, he has to get rid of this fruit. However, Rabbi Huda Imer, he says, Go out and you bring yourself. That's what we tell him, and the Gemara is going to explain this when we get to it. However, the Gemara goes back to the first end of the Mishnah. My area, Arab Sachim, why is it that we're talking about Arab Pesach specifically? We should apply this halacha even to Arab Shabbos and Arab Yantif, and we're going to explain this in a moment. Someone that does malacha on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantif from Minchan onwards, he's not going to see any bracha from that. He's not going to see any blessing from that work. Now, what's the question? We infer from the Mishnah's statement of up until Chatzais that after Chatzais, no matter where you are, it's also to do malacha. The Gemara is asking, but we already know that halacha. The Mishnah should have simply stated in a place where they have a minog not to do malacha on Erev Pesach, so you're not allowed to do malacha on Erev Pesach, period. And then we would know that the first half of the day is being spoken about. Why is the Mishnah worded in a way that we can infer halacha that is superfluous, that we already know that halacha. So the Gemara answers Hasim over there in that from Mincha and onwards it's Asr do Malacha, but Samach Mincha Lai, in close proximity to Mincha, some place can say within a half hour of Mincha, but in close proximity to Mincha, there is no Asr do Malacha on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantif. But Hach over here in our Mishnah on Erev Pesach, Mechatzais, it's Asr do Malacha even from Chatzais, which is far before Mincha. Inami or Hasim over there in Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantif, Simon Bracha Hudlai Chazi, he's not going to see any Bracha from the work that he does. We're not going to put him into Cherim, but Hach on Erev Pesach, Shamuti Nami Shamtinale, we are going to put him into Cherim, even if he does Malacha at this time. 
Gufa, we had just mentioned. Someone does Malach on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantif. Minam Minchul Malach from Minchul onwards. Uben Matzah Shabbos, Uben Matzah Yantif, even on Matzah Shabbos or Matzah Yantif. Uben Matzah Yom Kippurim on Matzah Yom Kippur. Uben Chal Malachim Sheishem Nidnon Avera. Or any time that there might be some sort of Avera, Lasuye Tanis Sibur. That's including a Tanis Sibur. Einerayas Im Rachel Elim. He's never going to see any bracha from that work that he did. Tan Rabban. We have a Brisa. Yesh Zaris Vinisgar. There's a person who says Zaris. That means he works very hard and he gains from his work. Yesh Zaris Vinisad. And there's a person that works very hard. However, he's going to lose from his work. Yesh Shafel Vinisgar. There is a person he's very lazy and he doesn't do any work. However, nonetheless, he's going to gain from that. Yesh Shafel Vinisad. And there's a person that's lazy, but he's going to lose from that. Now, Zaris Vinisgar. What is that? Da'avid Kulish Shabbata. He works the whole week. V'loy Avid Malish Shabbata. He does not work on Erev Shabbos. He wants to show Kavid Shabbos by not working on Erev Shabbos. So he's a person that Zaris and he's Nisgar. He gains. Zaris Vinisad. What's that? David Kulish Shabbata. He works all week. The Avid Malish Shabbata. And he works on Erev Shabbos also. He's not Nisgar. He loses out from that because he's working on Erev Shabbos. Shuffle Vinisgar. What's this? The Avid Kulish Shabbata. He does not work the whole week. The Avid Malish Shabbata. He doesn't work on Erev Shabbos either. And even though he's not working on Erev Shabbos because he's lazy, nonetheless, he still gains because he didn't work on Erev Shabbos. Shuffle Vinisad. What's that? The Avid Kulish Shabbata. He didn't work the whole week. The Avid Malish Shabbata. But he decided to work on Erev Shabbos. He's not going to see any gain from that. So not only is he lazy, he's also not going to see any benefit from the work that he did at Erev Shabbos. And on Marava, he says, Hani Nashi de Mechuzah, these women of Mechuzah, Afagav deloy of Danavid to Malish Shabbata, even though they do not work on Erev Shabbos. Mishum Mifan Kusahu, that's only because they're very finicky and that's why they're not doing work. Because they don't work all week. They never do work. Afiluhachi, nonetheless, Shuffle Veniskar Karinuhu, we call them Shuffle, they're lazy, they don't do anything, but nonetheless, they're Niskar, they gain because they didn't do work on Erev Shabbos. And Rava Ramik Siv, Rava asks a Sukim, it says in one Pasuk, because your kindness is great up until Shemaim. Uksiv in another Pasuk says, Your kindness is great even above Shemaim. So is Hashem's kindness great up until Shemaim or even above Shemaim? Side, how do we understand these two Pesukim? This is talking about where a person does Torah Mitzvahs and he does them Lishma. That means the kindness that Hashem is going to show him is going to be above Shemaim. It's going to be Lamalim and Ateva. This is talking about where a person is doing Torah Mitzvahs is going to be Shalai Lishma. He's going to have a lot of Shefa from Hashem, a lot of goodness. However, since he's doing it Shalai Lishma, it's only going to be within Teva, it's only going to be up until Shemaim and not above Shemaim. Look at Rav Yehuda, this is just like Rav Yehuda, the Amr Rav Yehuda, Amr Rav, a person should always involve himself in Torah Mitzvahs, even though he's doing it Shalai Lishma for some sort of ulterior motive, because even though he's doing it Shalai Lishma, it's going to come to Lishma, he's going to end up learning Torah and doing Mitzvahs Lishma just because Hashem said so. And more about the proper way to work, Tan Rabbanon, Hametzab, Laschar, Ishtai, someone that waits for the wages of his wife, Virei Chaim, and of a mill, in he's never going to see Semen Bracha from that. Schar Ishtai, what's that? Matkulta. That's talking about where he sends his wife out to the marketplace with a scale. Matkulta is a scale, and she hires this scale out to people that might need it. That's very demeaning, it's very degrading, and it doesn't make a lot of money. And Rechaya, what's that? Agarta. He has a hand mill for rent that also does not make a lot of money, so he's not going to see Semen Bracha from that. Avol Avdu Mazavna. However, if his wife makes something and then she sells it, the Pasak praises her for doing this. Dechsivit says in the Pasak, Sadin Timkar, a garment she made and she sells it. That's from Eshes Chayel. So if a woman has a business and she sells something and that's how she makes money, that's okay. But not if she's involved in some sort of demeaning occupation that doesn't really make her any money. Tan Rabbanon, Hamastaker Bekanim Kankanim, someone that makes money by selling reeds and sticks, Kankanim is large jugs. He's not going to see any Semen Bracha from that. My time, why is that? Since they're very large and bulky, so the people look at it, it looks like he's making a lot of money because he's selling something that's so large and grand and so people give him an eye and hara, so therefore he should not involve himself in such a business. Tan Rabbanon, Tagre Simta, people that sell their wares in the alleyways, people that raise 
small animals like goats and sheep inside the city, the Kaitse and people that cut down good trees to sell them for their wood, and someone that puts his eyes on the good portion, that means any time that something is being split up in between a number of people, this person is always trying to take the best portion for himself. They will never see Simon Bracha from that. My time of why is that? That's because people are very surprised or they're in wonder at this person. Now, what does that mean? Merchants in the street are in public view. Raising small animals in the city means that they're going to go eat from other people's gardens and then those people are going to get upset. It's not okay to cut down good trees just for their wood. And someone who's always trying to get the bigger and better portion for themselves, all these people are going to have others looking at them in wonder, askance with frustration. And these situations are always bring Ayin Hara. And the Gemara continues, Tan Rabbanan, Dalit Prutais, there's four Prutais, we know that a Pruta is the smallest coin that has worth, Ein Bohem Simen Bracha Le'elam, there will never be Simen Bracha in wages that come from this. Schar Kaisvin, the wages that a cipher makes, Uschar Metarugamanim, and the Schar that the one that translates or speaks out the drasha that was given on Shabbos, Uschar Yusayimim, and the wages of the person who takes care of the orphan's assets, those wages that he makes, Umais Habayisim Dina Sayam, and money that comes from Dina Sayam, meaning a person has a shipping company and he ships stuff overseas, None of that is going to have seven bracha. The wages of the Shabbos. It looks like he's making money just for working on Shabbos. The majority of the drushes were given on Shabbos, so he was working mostly on Shabbos. So it seems like he's making money for working on Shabbos. So we can understand why he's not going to see seven bracha from that. We can understand that the money he's making for taking care of the Yisayimim's assets also, since they're under bar mitzvah, they're unable to be Michael him. And Rashi says he's taking a full 50% of what they're making. That's way over the normal wages and they're not able to be Michael that so he's not going to have any seven bracha from that. And We understand money from his shipping business every day he can't rely on nays. We know that it's very dangerous to send boats out onto the sea. Sometimes pirates are going to come and steal his merchandise so he can't rely on nays. So he's probably not going to see seven bracha from that. Why is it that a cipher is not going to make any money? He explains 24 fasts were fasted by the Anshe Knesset Agdailo about the cipher from the right, cipher Torah Tefillin and Mezuzos, Shloyis Ashru that they should not become wealthy. Shalmai Mas Ashru because if they're going to become wealthy, ain't Kaisvin, then they're going to stop writing, and people need cipher Torah Tefillin and Mezuzos. So therefore, they're not going to become wealthy from their occupation. Tan Rabbanan Kaisvin Svarim Tefillin and Mezuzos. People that write cipher Torah Tefillin and Mezuzos. Hain Vitagrain Vitagratagrain. Then and their merchants and their merchants merchants, meaning all the people that are involved in selling cipher Torah Tefillin and Mezuzos. V'chol Aiskim Lachas Shemaim and anyone that's involved in Hashem's work. Lasuyu Meichet that's including the people that sell tchelis for tzitzos. They're never going to see any bracha from that. However, if they do a lishma, they're not doing it just to make money. Ryan, then they will see some bracha from this. And we conclude with something about the importance of not working on Erev Shabbos. B'nai Baishan, the people of Baishan, Nog deloy hava azlin mitzur, litzidon b'malei Shabbato. They had the minuk that they did not go from tzur to tzidon on Erev Shabbos. Now there's a big market in tzidon on Erev Shabbos, and the people of Baishan live near tzur. And they had the custom of not going to the market on Erev Shabbos, even though they were going to be losing money. That's because they wanted to show their love and covet and importance for Shabbos. Asu b'nai Kamed Rabbi Yechonon, their kids came to Rabbi Yechonon. Amrulai, they told him, Avasin Efshalhu, our fathers were able to not go to this market. That's because they had a lot of money. Anan, Loi Efshalon, we're not able to do that. We don't have the financial resources not to work on Arab Shabbos. Amalehu, he told them, Aleihem, your fathers have already taken it upon themselves and you have to keep to that minhag. Shinemar says in the Pasuk, Shema Bini Musar Avicha, listen, my son, to the discipline of your father, Valtitosh Tarasi Mecha, and do not forsake the teaching of your mother, meaning you should keep to the minhag of your fathers, even though it's difficult for you. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.